Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real World Productivity Podcast. I'm Adam Moody, and today I'm talking with Dr. Don Davis, author, coach, and consultant, about his background, his experiences, so we can get a deeper look into his approaches to problems and the solutions that have come out as a result. So first of all, welcome, Don. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Definitely. Well, let's just jump right into it. Um, you know, first set of questions is really just about you, so we can all get on the same page. But, you know, could you kind of tell us about yourself so everyone kind of knows where you're coming from? Sure. So, I mean, I think you touched on it just a second ago. I mean, I'm a, a new new author, uh, just released a book in September, uh, Coach. Uh, so primarily I coach uh, executives um, in the space that I primarily focus in on, so healthcare and life sciences. And then also I'm a consultant in that same area. I normally help businesses with scaling uh, companies. That's primarily the focus that uh, that I have, you know, overall in terms of the the work that I do. And and quite frequently, since most of your listeners are focused on productivity, uh, quite frequently, um, you know, a lot of my clients also focus in on things like Six Sigma and Lean and and things like that because that's in my history and career as well. Gotcha. Okay. And then speaking of career, can you give us a little bit of kind of professional background? What what led you to where you are now? I'm personally curious, and I think everyone else would be too. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's a perfect question. So uh, I worked for companies like General Electric, uh, Roche, and uh, Beckton Dickinson in the healthcare field, um, all in the sort of life sciences or healthcare areas. So, you know, I did everything from uh, diagnostic imaging whenever I was with GE Healthcare, um, you know, large scale automated uh, diagnostic platforms. So if you think about, you know, not, not let's say not your at home COVID test, but there are, are certainly hospital administered COVID tests as well that, you um, you know, that that often get sent off to a lab or any other sort of lab blood test and things like that. Those sort of things are are things that I've done um, also in my career. And um, yeah, primarily, you know, help companies whenever they're struggling with where do I focus? How do I develop things like project management and, and have, you know, more of a time-based time skill um, how do I get more effective overall in terms of facilitating, facilitating, you know, both large meetings as well as, as uh, you know, more one-on-one -on -one meetings and, and actually pr producing results for the company that you're working for? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, some interesting topics there. We're definitely going to loop back around. I think facilitating good meetings is a hugely important topic as well as everything else, the focusing, project manage, all of that. Um, but let's take a step back. I have a question I like to ask everybody, and um, and it's just kind of a fun one, and I think everyone is is interested in this. This is kind of like the shiny object syndrome. Um, a lot of times, you know, it's like, ooh, what app is going to solve my time management? And of course, <laughs> it isn't. But I, mean, I am curious, What uh, do you have a normal routine? Like, how do you go about your day-to-day, -day? Um, and what does that look like? I know some people stay away or eventually realize they need some sort of framework. There's some people who are really routine driven. Um, how about you? So I'm a big, I mean, I'm a big proponent of a couple of different things. One, um, 
I do like routines. I mean, I sort of get up in the morning, uh, spend a little bit of time um, meditating, journaling, you know, those sort of things, because I think it it helps, you know, with the overall reflection and preparedness, you know, for the day that's about to come. It also helps me close out the day prior. Um, I find that I, I, I know a lot of people, you know, journal or will wrap up the previous day uh, by oftentimes journaling or closing things. But I oftentimes find that sleeping on it for me, you know, normally I wake up with a little fresher thought than I than I would have gone to sleep with. And so um, it just gives me a great opportunity to sort of reflect on both what happened in the previous day, what's coming in the next day. Um, also, you know, somebody that that likes to time block. So I time block my calendar uh, quite frequently. I have, you know, set times for clients during the day. Uh, in addition to that, I, I, I mentioned to you before we got started, I have a podcast as well. There's certain days that I that I'll record. There are other days that I don't, you know, yeah. I used to have this variable schedule and it's really hard to like figure out how do you, how do you become productive if you, you know, everything that comes at you is a new variable. And so I found that, you know, time blocking really helps. And I talk about the last part, which is also even no matter how you feel about um, the things that you're working on, because I know that people get in this sort of, you know, almost like work sort of state. Um, oftentimes, whenever I'm doing solo work, I still believe very strongly in terms of the Pomodoro method and try and, and sort of set blocks of 25 minutes or so where I'm very focused on the work, but I do stop and take a break, you know, just a, sh a brief break and then, you know, get back in it, even if I'm in a, a good flow state with the work. Definitely. makes sense. And, you know, something you said about the end of day, uh, kind of routine there and how you do the journaling in the morning reminded me of um, uh, Cal Newport, which I assume everyone oh, sure. familiar with. And I loved one of his uh, articles way back when, before I read any of his books, was his like shutdown procedure. And uh, basically the gist is he, you know, reviews his calendar, makes sure he gathers any open loops and then says basically when he's done, I am done for the day, which I loved. But I also realized after trying it for about six months, I'm like, that's not me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's good for me to make sure things are there's no loose ends, you know, do that. But I was like, I just couldn't stick to it. And I, I kind of feel the same way as you. I think it's more about finding what works than you know, it's got to be at the end of the day or you've got a journal in the morning. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's the thing is that I think, I think no matter what it is that you want to do in terms of, you know, having the most productive life for you, you've got to find things that actually feel like they fit versus, you know, whenever something doesn't fit, I used to run marathons and I remember, you know, whenever you'd run alongside of somebody, the one thing a lot of people would try and do would be matching somebody's pace or matching their mm. footfalls is really hard to do. And um, I find that it's that same thing in terms of our productive life as well. Interesting. Okay. Well then, yeah, another one is the time blocking. And I've found that I've switched over time. And again, I think the answer, like so many of these are, is, you know, find what works for you. And that changes over time. Because I know I used to uh, do more of time blocking day to day and like you a little less um I'm not sure what the right word is, but I didn't have things set like I would do podcast recording on any afternoon of the week and then, you know, went to, hey, this is crazy. You know, that really throws me off, takes a lot of time. Um, I need to just restrict that to one day a week. Um, but then I also had something fun happen where I recently moved three time zones 
And that really helped me in a, a non-voluntary way to change my schedule and was like, oh, wow, this is much better. I, I should have done this a while ago. So anyway, just two random uh, things. I just totally agree with you about time blocking being important and sometimes just switching it up or just trying a different fit because I'd heard about maybe it was Mike Vardy, I think the days of the week trying just like, hey, Monday is team day. I, I make sure my team's on track. I get caught up with them you know, maybe Tuesday and Wednesday are client days and then Thursday and Friday are my days or something like that, which I'd never really done, but I'm moving towards that and, uh, and finding that that works well. Do you do anything like that? Yeah. So I, I actually, I mean, I, I have different days of the week where I try and because I have to do so much for lots of different clients, mm -hmm. uh, I, I try and divide up you know, certain areas of focus outside of my client work, especially um, because of the same the same reason. I mean, it, without that level of of, you know, sort of daily focus, hey, today's Thursday, it's, you know, this day of the week, um, you know, it would be very difficult to manage otherwise. Definitely. Well, OK, now that we've covered the kind of actually a lot, uh, I want to kind of move this into talking about your book. So I, I believe the title was Overcommitted, uh, How to Transform Your Habits and Achieve the Life You Desire. Um, I honestly, I really think this is incredibly important. Um, when I was kind of reviewing things before the show, I was like, man, I just I feel uh, and I would hope that I'm a good proxy for a lot of people listening to this that, you know, definitely feel overcommitted or there's that constant pull these days. And, you know, maybe that's uh, just being an adult. Maybe that's just being, uh, you know, where we are in the world or the time. But I feel like we're heading into an area or a time where saying no and learning that skill is and developing that muscle is more important than ever. So I guess that's the lead in. I'm kind of curious what you think about that and then anything you want to kind of talk about with the book, because I know a lot of it has to do with focus, but there's a lot going on here. Sure. So maybe we just start with the definition. So I have a twofold definition in the book. Um, when most people think about it being overcommitted, you think about your your schedule and just having things piled up, you know, so you could have be double booked or triple booked quite frequently as a professional. And, um, you know, that certainly is one aspect that we have to deal with, you know, in terms of the, the total aspect of the book. The mm -hmm. second one, though, that I also get into is this idea that maybe you're also overcommitted in terms of the areas of your life that you want to work on versus the ones that you're working on, <laughs> the ones that you're actually committing time to. Yeah. And so this idea of, you know, and I and I write a lot about this. I had um, a very strong corporate life for you know a number of years, and so one of the things that you do every single year in, in large corporations is set out goals, and so for the corporation, they, you know, they do it at the top level and then it sort of trickles down to the, every employee inside of the company has to write out their goals for the year. The one thing I oftentimes though didn't do was sit down and write as from a personal perspective, what do I want to work on for me? What are mm -hmm. the things that I most want to do? And so it kind of ties a bit. I mean, it was towards the end of the writing of the book, this idea of quiet quitting came out. And so if you've heard the term quiet quitting, it essentially is if you work on things outside of your normal day-to-day -day job, that's seen as quote-unquote quiet quitting. And so if you have a YouTube channel, a podcast, mm. uh, you know, whatever your alternate sort of thing is, it might be, it might be seen as quiet quitting. I don't really like that definition. <laughs> I personally think that having a little bit of personal space and something creative that you get to work on or something else that you 
are passionate about and working on is a great thing for you, but you also have to be very clear, I feel like, about why you're working on that thing or what specifically do you want out of it? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. It's kind of funny, actually. I guess this is like a little insidery baseball, but um, as someone who does a podcast, I've been encouraging my wife to do a podcast. Um, And, you know, she uh, is a career scientist. And, you know, at first she's like, yeah, I don't know who's going to want to listen. I've got an idea, but I don't know this or that. And I was like, well, you can just do it because you want to do it. That That's the first thing. But also, if it's having to do with science, you know, you're making yourself more valuable in your position by creating this audience that is listening to you. And you're also doing a public service by advocating for science and doing all this other stuff. Um, but I think, yeah, there's kind of two things there that I think, one, sometimes just having that extracurricular activity is an enrichment, I I believe, you know, right, you know, I'll know people who have one focused way of being about them. And I see the doctor in front of your name. And I'm like, okay, he's been very focused, and he probably can be very focused. But you also know those people who take it to an extreme. And they may be fantastic at their technical field, but some of them might be lacking in other areas. Yeah. And I mean, there's some, you know, for your, for your wife as well. I mean, there are just some fantastic podcasts that are out there. Um, I I think it's called Medline uh, podcast that's out every week. And then there's also one that reviews like poster board uh, science um, podcasts as well, uh, as well, that just kind of talks about the science of things. Um, and they're really popular. So I think, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it, it, it is something, you know, if that turns out to be a passion of hers and great, it'd be great to have another podcaster in the midst. Yeah, definitely. So with the focus um, and, and, you know, talking about goal setting, I think those kind of come in. How do you do goal setting now? Because you mentioned with corporate, you know, you kind of get handed down, hey, here's the here's your manager's goals. So form yours based on this. How do you do this with people who aren't in that situation? Let's say they're entrepreneurs or consultants, things like that. So I talk about uh, this as well in the book. I break it down a couple of different ways. Um, The first one is to define for yourself a few different categories in your life that you really want to work on. And so categories are these high level sort of targets that you you really want to sort of, you know, work on, um, you know, in your personal life could be an example. my four are professional, personal, financial, and fitness. So those are my four mm-hmm. uh, categories. And under those four categories, then I'll have actual goals that I really want to work on that are defined by the the SMART acronym. So it's you know specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. Um, so those are you know each one of those goals essentially would have a a very um, sort of smart trajectory for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then under that, I would have things that that I'm going to do short term and long term to to move towards that goal. Gotcha. Okay. And for somebody who hasn't done this before, how would you recommend that they get started? Because I know that a lot of people, my, and this is based purely on my own experience, um, but I, I've also heard people echo the same sentiment that it's like, oh, okay, you've got this framework but it feels really onerous or restrictive. So if somebody just wants to try this and maybe not dip their toes in, but do it without being overwhelmed, what, what could they do? Yeah, so I, I try and take a step-by-step approach. I mean, I enjoy books that 
um, walk me through something as well. Yeah. Uh, so I take try to take a step-by-step -step approach with the reader uh, through the book in terms of how you would actually you know, line this out for your particular life. Um, I also, for those of us who are overcommitted, um, have something that's called the overcommitment dare. It's a seven seven day cleanse, uh, if you will, of you know getting rid of your overcommitments. And dare stands for delegate, automate, reschedule, or eliminate. So you sort of work through each of these areas in the seven days to try and eliminate those things. But you also would have right behind it kind of what it is that you want to try and achieve. So so that way you're taking that open space, hopefully in your calendar, and you're yeah. back filling it with things that actually move you closer to the things that you're wanting to do. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, or it may sound silly to some people, um, but a couple of years ago, I ended up putting back um, a, just a two or three hour block, I believe twice a week in my calendar, where it just says, get out, do something, go read a book, go ride a bike, whatever. doesn't matter what I do so long as I'm not sitting in front of the computer. Um, and generally, it's pretty productive time, but sometimes I will just go screw off, and that's fine too. But um, I think that that starting simple like this can really work, and, and I like the, the D.A.R.E. acronym too, having something to follow. I know for myself too, I had to literally on my weekly review put in a, what is something I can automate, delegate, or delete, and just iterating through that. And it is incredible what you can do in a year if you do that on a regular basis. Yeah, and, and it also makes you sort of think more, I talk a lot about this in the book about before you just accept something additional from somebody, mm -hmm. tell them that you want just a little bit of time. Look, I, I appreciate the opportunity, you know, so much for considering me for this, you know, other thing. Just give me 24 hours or 48 hours, whatever you think that you need uh, to consider it before you say yes or no, because maybe maybe you actually need to go back first and consider, does this actually help you achieve your goals or does it is it something that that really at the end of the day doesn't help you achieve your goals? I think that's a great, uh, great point. And also for myself, I know something I've had to learn uh, the hard way over the years is what's the true cost of this? That's easy when you're talking about a car and you're like, well, you got insurance and gas and tires and upkeep, but it's like, you know, this thing somebody's asking me, well, I could just do this in five minutes. Okay, well, is that really all there is? You know, what else is there? Am I going to have to involve anyone else? Is there paperwork? Is there this or that? And I think we're pretty all pretty good at just wanting, right, to be good people and help people, but not considering that true cost, if you will. Yeah. And I mean, it, 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 this is essentially what helped me sort of frame up in my mind why I wanted to read, why I wanted to write the book. It was as, through my corporate life. So I spent 18 years at GE and I was very much, um, you know, trying to achieve higher and higher levels in my overall career. As I got closer and closer to the roles that I would say I was trying to achieve, I started to notice things in the people that were in these roles that I honestly wouldn't want to give up. And so I started to, to sort of think, you know, maybe there, there are things that I actually should do differently in my in my career. And so, you know, in the next few sort of career moves that I made, I eventually, you know, came down to the uh, the conclusion that the best way for me to to sort of frame up the work that I want to do, but also have boundaries that allow me to work on other things in my life would be to, to do what I do now. Nice. Yeah, I like it. I, I think, you know, two things there that I really like is one, 
moving towards things you want to do. But also I think it's important finding out what you don't like. Like that's super important. And I, I, I feel for you, not that, you know, you um, did anything wrong or it, it, it took you down the wrong path. But I, one of my first jobs I had was just a, a train wreck in terms of, I looked at the people around me and I was just like, oh my God, like this is not what I want to become. And so that very quickly derailed my career as an engineer. I was like, okay, maybe it would have been different if I would have been somewhere else. Um, you know, didn't have to work up any ladders. I just saw like, okay, clearly these are the qualities I do not want to embody. I need to do something else or do it in a different way. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, okay. So we've covered a few things now from the book, but is there a, a tip or a method? Um, you know, it could be one of the ones we've already talked about, but from the book that you'd want people to know about no matter if they're able to read the book or not. Yeah. So, I mean, I think no matter who you are, if you feel like you're overcommitted today, you could take this overcommitted dare and, and implement it in your life. So essentially the overcommitted dare is look at the things that are currently on your schedule that don't, necessarily aligned to the things that would lead you towards your goals and see how many of them could be delegated. So, you know, is there somebody else that more appropriately, um, you know, can do the the things that, that you're currently doing? Uh, that would be number one. The second one, which I think it's, this is a fantastic time for automating things. Um, I mean, there's just so much that you can automate in your life. I, I know that that recently uh, one of the clients that I work with uh, deployed the, the, I think they call it the my, Microsoft Vive, um, but essentially it looks through my calendar, uh, you know, with this client and essentially comes back and says, you know, hey, look, you know, there are things that, that you could have as to do's and things like that. It's nice to have that sort of automation in your life. But additionally, there are simple things that you could do that, you know, again, I define these in the book, but with even without the book, you could do it, which would be if there are appointments in your calendar that are things that move you closer to your goal, color those items so that you can visually see how many of the things that you're working on daily are moving you closer to the things that you want to work on versus things that you know, maybe not, <laughs> are not aligned. And so that automation, um, you know, helps overall so you can visually see your calendar. And then the second two are, or the, the last two, excuse me, are reschedule. So this is a simple one, you know, could you, if you're overcommitted, could you simply reschedule things so that you're not overcommitted. And then lastly, you know, are there things that you just shouldn't be doing at all? Maybe mm. you should, you know, kind of look at things and just eliminate them entirely. And I'm really bad for this in terms of like the things that I subscribe to in um, newsletters and things like that. Oftentimes I, I get newsletters in my inbox. And so one of the automations that I have uh, for my inbox is if the word unsubscribe appears in that email, I have it uh, tagged as a newsletter. And so that way I can easily sort of see the things that are urgent versus the things that are not. And I, it also sort of allows me this opportunity to go back and just say, Hey, look, I should eliminate these things. Cause you know, maybe I don't look at them or maybe they're a time waster. Um, and so those are, you know, my productivity tips for, for today. Nice. I like it. There's a lot of good ones in there. So um, yeah, I really like the coloring things in the calendar. I've seen that in a couple contexts, one being like um, kind of figuring out which things 
if you will, give you uh, energy or which are kind of depleting and going, that's kind of backfilling. But I really like this idea of being like, hey, now you can see how much you're actually working on your goals. And the answer is usually not a lot, but <laughs> right. hopefully that will encourage people to do it more. So I might give that a shot. I'm going to think about that and uh, and maybe put that into action. I really like that. If for anyone who's time blocking or uh, doing anything like that, I think that's a good one to try. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, uh Don, I've got one more question for you. Um, you. You can't name your own book, but what book or other piece of media do you find yourself recommending the most to people these days? Oh my gosh, there's so many. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I won't I, hold you to just one, but I try to since, keep it somewhat focused. Since we're coming up on uh, on Christmas, I mean, the one the one thing that so the one author that's been absolutely in instrumental in my life is Seth Godin. So I, I there's so many things that um, that Seth talks about with regards to to like being a cog. So the this idea that you are uh, somebody that just churns, you know, for something that you don't really have a purpose in, right? That's kind of the the idea yeah. of of the cog. And so his book Lynchpin uh, is fantastic. Um, I, you know, I also am a huge, you know, Adam Grant fan uh, as well. I, you know, I think that there's, you know, great th things that he's written about in in Atomic Habits, uh, or excuse me, that's uh, James Clear, Atomic Habits. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just absolutely, um, you know, am a, am a big fan of sort of looking introspectively about you know, things that I'm doing and are they actually moving me in a direction that I want to go or not? And then lastly, um, yeah, I, I, I was recently telling my, uh, my son that, you know, I've spent a lot of time uh, also just buying up all of the books uh, as well for um, the different James Bond, uh, you know, areas as well. I just, you know, find those, those, you know, to be amazing uh, sort of Interesting. Well. Oh, yeah, I've got to check that out. I've, I've never won. You get extra points for a original non-productivity recommendation. <laughs> and uh, two, I have never actually read any of the books, so I might have to check them out. I'm a big fan of the movies, but just never, never read. Uh, who was it? Alfred Broccoli? Was that? Is that that's a good question? I honestly can't. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting yeah. here in the moment going, I wish I could remember, but uh, I can't. So that's yeah. good. Well, no, no worries. I think that's it, or I'm horribly <laughs> mispronouncing it, but I appreciate it. Those are some good recommendations. I, I'm going to personally check out Lynchpin. I've read a lot of Seth's uh, um, more marketing uh, based stuff and some of his essays, um, but I'm going to have to look into that. So I appreciate that too as a recommendation. So. Don, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Um, I mean, I've gotten several action items out of this. I'm, I know everyone else is going to listen and is going to have that uh, as well. So thank you so much for your time. And um, where can people go to find out more about you and what you're working on? Yeah, so the the simple way to, to find me is www.drdavisphd.com. Uh, that's the easiest way to find me. And um, I'm certainly on LinkedIn as well. I'm Don Davis on there. Um, not very hard, hard to find uh, <laughs> that way. Yeah. Um, I'm the only one with the, uh, with the, the words Don Davis after my, uh, my LinkedIn profile as well. And then uh, at 5280 Don Davis uh, is my Twitter handle uh, as well. So. Cool. Well, thank you again. And thank you so much for taking the time today. Thanks so much, Adam. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Real World Productivity Podcast. 
If you know someone that would enjoy this episode, please grab the link and send it via email, message, or whatever means works best. Now, if you're looking for more ways to increase your productivity, time management, and team building skills, be sure to go to productivity.academy resources to find out what tools, cheat sheets, and services can get you started and make the most impact right now. For those who want to make fast changes and want to save dozens of hours, I highly recommend joining the 14-Day Productivity Foundation Challenge at productivity.academy slash foundation challenge. This 14-day challenge takes minutes per day, but will help you develop or improve your daily review to get more done with less distractions and loss of focus. You'll also get over-the-shoulder directions for setting up an automation to save dozens of hours and the process for deciding what else you should automate and how to do it. And if you're serious about continuous improvement and you know that productivity, time management, and team building will impact every area of your personal and professional life, join us in the Growth Automation Membership. Find out more at productivity.academy slash join.